This is episode 4 of I'm Just Older Darling. Hello, kia ora, mailo. My name's Michelle, I'm the host of I'm Just Older Darling, a series of conversations with members of our communities who are sometimes referred to as elders, their stories, their words. This was recorded during the lockdown of COVID-19. This conversation experienced some network issues, shall we say. I hope you enjoy it. I think it's still audible. Apologies for some of the quality. Felice is considered as one of the elders of the Caribbean community. This conversation is with Felice. My name is Felice Duchel. Um, I was born in Guyana in South America and I now live in New Zealand and a uh, designer, a mum, a wife and a friend. How do you feel about being an elder or being called an elder? Uh, <clears throat> I... I don't know. I, I I suppose I've never been called an elder. I've been I've been told that I'm a nurse mother and I suppose it's because I've had quite a few experiences and different life experiences and it's influenced the way I am and it's helped to influence other people's lives. So I suppose that that's what an elder does. They have a responsibility to to show the way, to pave the way for 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 those that are coming behind them, and and instill a little bit of knowledge, and and above all, be kind, be kind and respectful to those that are younger than you, because it's important that they respect themselves as well. Well, on that, who would you call your elders of the day, or the people that you looked up to? I was. I was brought up by my wet nurse, and for those that don't know what a wet nurse is, my mother couldn't, um, she didn't have enough milk, so there was a woman in the village who had a baby at the same time, and she was able to feed me as well as her baby. This woman was so far ahead of her time. Her name was Doris Cummings. She was a tall, statuesque black woman who always had her hair tied in a in a headkerchief and you could always tell her mood from the color of her headkerchief. I stuck to that woman's coattails because she spoke very softly. She she always smelled clean and when she looked at me I knew that I mattered and whenever I spoke to her she listened and that was that's very different to the way children were treated when I was growing up. They used to say children should be seen and not heard. Well, not Auntie Doris. I called her Auntie Doris because, for, for respect, she whatever she said made sense. Whenever she spoke to me, I felt special. She gave me tasks to do because she trusted me to do it, and and that made me feel special. And above all, she respected me. She taught me that if you don't respect children, how do you expect them to respect you? So that's been my philosophy with my children and the way I treat people. This woman 
was just an ordinary woman in the village. But people used to come to her all the time and tell her their problems. And she would just give them little bits of advice. And you'd see them walking away with a spring in their step. And it was just basic common sense. So that was my elder the village and she still is I talk about her more than I talk about my natural mother where you are now your journey from the time that you got to New Zealand to what you're doing now your impact on some of the younger generation for your journey there's a girl called Emma Crawford that came to live with us she's a little Irish girl she came to live with us a few years ago she was doing her exit from um, in physiotherapy and she lived with us for six months. And uh, Emma had fallen out with her with her dad. And I won't go into it because it was very personal, but all I said to her was, does your father love you? She said, yes. I said, has he ever ill-treated you? No. I said, well, who the hell are you to judge what his choice is? And I feel that you should get on the phone and speak to your father because I'm sure he wants to hear from you. So with that, she did. And that man journeyed from Ireland to New Zealand to thank me for giving him back his daughter. Now, it sounds very shallow, but because this is going to be a public thing, I do not want to go into her situation. But Emma has always on Mother's Day, she sends me a card. She says she quotes me every day of her life. And when she reaches a decision in her life, a diff- when, no, when she has to make a difficult decision in her life, she says, I always say, what would Felice do? Now, I never, I never knew that I had such an impact on this girl. And it was just basically living my truth. And I, I, don't, I really don't know how to put it. I just live my truth. I treat people nicely. I listen. I see their quandary. And I, and I just basically sift out the wheat from the chaff and let them make their own decisions. But I just give them a different way to look at things. And... It's always been my way of looking at things upside down rather than looking at it straight ahead. I look at what the outcome would be before I, <laughs> before I make the first step. Sometimes I don't even know what the outcome will be, but I feel safe when I make the first step. So, From your point of view of being a person from the Caribbean and your work as an artist and now as a fashion designer, do you want to just give us a, like, a reflection on what you've your achievements let's sing let's blow your trumpet let's let's give you kudos for your your achievements you know let's not forget those as i said i don't see obstacles so i just do things because i feel like doing them i i i saw let me start at the beginning i was a secretary when i was young because all young girls in my time had to either become a secretary or and it was just a pathway to becoming a, a good housewife, which sounds pathetic because you were groomed as a child to 
to to to to become a good housekeeper and then and then you had to have you had to have um a career that would take you to when you finally get married and then you stayed at home after that so you weren't groomed to to be anything in the community you were going to be a good housewife a good wife a good mother so i did that but in the process of doing that there was a revolution in my country so i had to leave my country and all that, that pathway that was supposedly being paved for me all became uprooted so i then had to find my own way and i found it with fashion even as a young girl i i loved i loved beautiful clothes uh, and i've always had an eye for it i did a little bit of modeling i didn't get very far in england because i was told i had to have a sugar daddy and for me to get further so I decided, no, I was not going to do that. So I went back to being a secretary and that was safe. But I've always had an eye for fashion and I've always been able to make my own clothes, know how to dress. And I think that led me to when I came to New Zealand, I I, I came over here and I modeled for charity most of the time. I made my children... I made clothing for other people. And then when my children left home, I I didn't think about it anymore. I just I worked with my husband as a secretary again and and then I got fed up. I told him he had to go and find somebody else to do that. I wanted to to to, to use my creativity. So and I found the African fabric so joyous that I could create things that looked spectacular but not but not encroaching on somebody else's culture because a lot of those fabrics have got stories to them and I don't know the stories so I didn't try to to do it the way an African person would do their fashion I called on my French side and and, and my playful side to 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 do my fashion and 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 I think I succeeded in that because it was, it's joyous. I, I, even in this lockdown, I, I go back to that fashion show and I look at it and I feel that I've achieved something. So it's an evolution, really, from, from a child in the forest right away through to now. I, I still see, I see the influences of my childhood in my, in my work and it's playful, it's sophisticated, it's bold, it's fierce. It's, and I'd love to be able to express it even more. So I'm not finished. Well, how do you feel that the current lockdown has impacted you and has technology helped you? I've used the lockdown to to rejig the way I approach my fashion because I know that things will not be the same. I will actually have to rely more online um i've got so much going on in my head at present and i haven't been able to put it to put it down but i know it's there just waiting to come out i look at nature more for my for my um influence rather than technology i suppose technology is the path for me to to get to people with it but i look at nature 
to to influence my my fashion. In 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 nature, nobody. I don't know. They don't say, okay, let's put yellow hair and let's put black hair because yellow and black will go together. And that there are there is no order really. It's just joy. Absolute joy, and that's how I, I look at my fashion, and that's how I like to express myself. Technology, I have to depend on somebody else to, to, to get that over for me. I will be happy to draw and to make and to create, and then someone else might have to help me with technology because that's not my age. Whilst I'm capable of doing certain things, I'm very limited in in how I can market market it. But the lockdown has helped me to to think outside the square on on certain things. I'm still to express it on paper, but I have it in my head. What freedoms do you think you've got now? You're older as an artist. I don't care. I don't care what people think. That's my freedom. Once upon a time, I was always worrying about what people would think because I'm a very straightforward person. But now if I feel it and I think it, I say it to a certain degree without hurting people. I don't want to hurt someone by the way I say things. But my freedom of expression is, is, is um, it doesn't have any barriers. I just I just go, but it must always be mindful of of how you how it how you dress a person. It, it must not be vulgar. It must enhance, and those those are the only um, parameters that I work with. Everything else is 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 open. I just go. I don't have any any barriers. I don't see obstacles and I don't see barriers. I just have freedom. And it's a wonderful thing to live to this age and be able to do that. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Felice? I've actually got a girlfriend who, I don't know, you might not want to use this, but just during this lockdown, I was speaking with a girlfriend who is, I think she's about 60 now. And when she first came to New Zealand, I was her very first client. She was she's a masseuse. I was telling her that I was finding the lockdown a little bit challenging because of my freedom of spirit. Uh, <clears throat> and she said to me, "Felice, every day I think about you. You have no idea the impact you've had on my life because of the way." You live your life with so much truth and, and, and gusto. And it, it flabbergasted me because I never thought that I would be influential to anyone. I, I just, I like to help people. I like to be there for them. I like to listen. I, I, will, I will drive to Wellington to pick someone up if they're in trouble. It's not a problem. I, I just don't see them. I don't see problems. As long as I've got breath and life and and a will and I can walk and I can run, I can. I I will do anything for anyone. And it was interesting that 
this girl thinks that I've made an impact on her life. How, I don't know, but it's a wonderful thing for someone to tell you that it actually brought me to tears. So I've got a lot of young friends like that who who tell me these things. I mean, I did bodybuilding at 50, for God's sake. I must have been crazy. Who are the people that have the most impact and influence on you now? Could I just say something about my husband? I, I tell you, Michelle, ever since I've married this man, he's allowed me to be who I am. I, I he, He's given me the freedom to be who I am and, and, and allowed me to develop my artistic side. It, it, was, it was hidden for an awful long time and he just gave me that freedom and, and, and that trust and has been so supportive. And it's been absolutely wonderful. And my eldest son, who is an artist in his own right, he has actually helped me to think outside the square as well. So I've been helped and I've been blessed. You know, and, and things that were just staring me straight in the face that couldn't see before because I was allowed that freedom to go and explore that is why I've arrived at the place that I've arrived at and I think there's a lot more in my little kit bag things to do before I pop my clog thank you Felice thank you for the conversation oh jeez you're gonna make me cry girl <laughs> I just I just I just do things I just love I just actually love being alive thank you for listening to episode four i hope you enjoyed the conversation with felice i'm michelle your host i'm just older darling it's brought to you by same same but black there's a series of conversations with members of our community sometimes referred to as elders movers shakers doers musicians based in west auckland and wider new zealand each person has an interesting story and a perspective of their life Thank you for listening to episode 4 of I'm Just Older Darling.